Hi, I'm Brett Robinson. Welcome to the Redeeming Hope Podcast, where we share biblical truths that'll give you real hope. What is real hope? It's a hope that is relevant, energizing, authentic, and linked to Jesus. Hi friends, it's good to be with you today. Thanks for joining me. We've been going through a series looking at Psalm 23 and going through it verse by verse. But the last week in South Africa where we live, we've experienced some really tumultuous times. And as I was waiting on the Lord, thinking about what to say today, in my conversation with the Lord, I was saying, Lord, how can I just carry on with this series? Surely I need to say something that pertains specifically to the events of the past week in South Africa where we've seen incredible violence, mayhem, and looting. And I waited on the Lord, but as I looked at the very next part of the Psalm 23 that um, I was scheduled to uh, continue with today, it was verse 4. And as I read through it, I realized it is the perfect verse for many of us to deal with um, some of the trials, difficulties, and challenges that we uh, go through in life. So I am actually going to continue with the series of Psalm 23, and we're going to look in particular at um, verse 4. And I really trust that this will encourage your hearts as believers. To start, I'm just going to read the first few verses of Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. As I read the psalm and continues to wait on the Lord, I really believe that he said to me that in the psalm, we gain insights on how to not only cope, but come out on top in times of crisis. So the second part of verse 4 says, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Friends, first and foremost, when we are confronted with a crisis, we have to deal with our attitude and our outlook. There are many things in life that are beyond our control, but we always get to choose our attitude. The temptation in a crisis can be to be gripped by fear and anxiety, but recognize that you do have a choice. Do you know that the Bible says throughout the Old and New Testaments again and again and again, Do not fear. And there's a reason for that. I'd like to read one such verse for you from Deuteronomy 31 verse 6. Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, He is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you, nor forsake you. And as we've just read from Psalm 23, the psalmist says, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. And this, friends, is a declaration of faith. 
the declaration of faith positions us to hear from God, walk with God, and receive from God. Faith creates a firm and level path for our feet. Faith makes way through the chaos, through the crisis, and gets us to the other side. When Peter, as an example, stepped out of the boat to walk to Jesus, faith caused him to rise to the top of the stormy seas. However, fear caused him to sink like a stone. So we have to choose to walk in faith. Faith causes us to rise to the top. Having chosen faith, we need to choose courage. As we've just read in that verse in Deuteronomy 31, 6, it says, Be strong and of good courage. So again, we have to make a wise choice. Why? Well, because courage enables us to take a stand in faith, regardless of the opposition, and to continue steadfast in our faith until we receive what God has promised. But how do we choose courage if we don't feel courageous? Well, <laughs> we've all had times like that, probably many times, and guess what? It's part of being human. But it's in the tough times that we need to be encouraged. And that prefix N, I believe, stands for energized. When we need to energize our courage, we do it by energizing our faith. You see, our faith and our courage work hand in hand. When we energize our faith, our courage rises and grows stronger. When we energize our faith, we create momentum. So how do we create momentum? Well, it starts with the decision to place our hope and our trust in Jesus and then to step out in obedience to his word. Do you know that Jesus gave his audience and his ministry on earth and he gave his disciples many opportunities to create faith-based momentum? Let me give you a couple of examples. Do you remember Jesus saying to the disciples when they were going through a test and a difficulty? Cast your net on the other side. It required them to take action and to put their faith in him into action, which created momentum, which was the start of their miracle. Jesus called out to his new disciples, come, follow me. It required them to walk away from something in order to walk to Jesus and to follow him and to step into their destinies. Jesus said to the man with the shriveled hand, stretch out your hand. And that man could easily have said, Lord, if I could have done that, I would have done it a long time ago. But instead, he had to choose to activate his faith and put his faith and hope in Jesus. And as he began to do it, the miracle happened. Do you see the trend that you begin to see? 
as these people put their faith and hope and trust in Jesus and began to create momentum through action in obedience to God, their miracles began to occur. Jesus said to a crippled man lying down on a mat, Pick up your mat and walk. Again, the man could have looked at Jesus and said, Lord, if I'd been able to do that, I would have done it a long time ago. But it was in the moment where he looked at Jesus, he saw Jesus looking at, his, at him, he heard the words of Jesus ringing in his heart that there was a spark of faith and he had the opportunity to create faith-based momentum. And praise the Lord, he responded. And as he did, his paralyzed legs were strengthened and he was able to stand up and walk. Jesus gave words of encouragement to his own disciples and said, Lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Feed the poor, care for the widow and the orphan. Love one another as I have loved you. All opportunities for those and for us to create faith-based momentum. Someone once said, you can't steer a parked car. But as soon as the car begins to gain any sort of momentum, you can begin to steer it in the direction in which you want it to go. And you know, friends, it's the same with us. As soon as we begin to combine action with our faith in obedience to God's word, and we begin to step out, even if we're not certain of everything that we need to do, but we just begin to respond to Jesus, our courage rises, our faith grows, and God begins to respond to us as well. Do you know that small steps of faith lead to bigger steps of faith, which lead to a lifestyle of faith? And that is our end goal. Actually, what's important is we choose to live by faith each and every day, both in small ways and big ways. And this is what our faith journey is made up of. Both our small and big responses to God, responding to Him in faith. Now, some people might say, well, Brett, it's easy for you to say. Or maybe someone else comes to mind that you admire their faith journey, the things they've said and done, the places they've been, the miracles they've seen. And you might say, well, if only I had faith like so-and-so, then I could also do this or that or go here or there or take that kind of a stand. But to you, I want to say, just be faithful to use the faith God has given you and He will cause it to grow. And develop. What did Jesus say on this topic? Well, in Matthew 17 and verse 20, he said, For assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. You see, friends, God delights in taking small things. And making them grow. A mustard seed is widely regarded as 
one of the smallest seeds in the world. But in using this example, Jesus is showing us that we should not underestimate small things. Praise the Lord. That means none of us have got an excuse to say, well, I only have a small faith. Because if you say that, actually you're agreeing with Jesus that through that faith, God can do remarkable things. Amen. So I want to encourage you today to take a courageous decision and to say, Jesus, by faith, I thank you. I do have the courage to follow you, to do what is right, to lead my family in your ways, to take a stand for godly values and to point others to Jesus. How else can we energize our faith? Well, we can do it by releasing faith-filled words. That's exactly what Jesus was saying to those who were hearing him in Matthew 17, 20. He says, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say. If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you will say. Friends, he's talking to you and me. If we're going to be obedient to Jesus, we have to fill our mouths with faith-filled words. Words that are pleasing to God. Words that are consistent with God's values, with His promises. We've got to release faithful words over our health, our family, our marriages, our work, our country, and every part of our lives. We can energize our faith by acknowledging God. And really, there's a lovely example of this in Psalm 23. It starts out by saying, The Lord is my shepherd. What is he doing? He's acknowledging God. And you know that as we acknowledge God as well, it energizes our faith. When we acknowledge God, we are honoring God. And the word is filled with many ways in which we can honor God. And if you need to um, fill up your faith tank of ways to do that, just begin to daily read the Psalms. And you'll find many wonderful ways in which the psalmist honors God. As we begin to acknowledge and honor God, we energize our faith. And now the great example that's given to us throughout Scripture to energize our faith is to live with a spirit of thanksgiving. No, 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 no. I'm not just talking about occasionally saying thank you. I mean, that's all good and well. I'm talking about living with a spirit of thanksgiving. And you know the spirit that I'm talking about? Well, that comes from the spirit of God. When we begin to acknowledge God and honor God and live out of a place of thanksgiving and praise toward God, <laughs> well, the Bible says faith pleases God. And as we do these things, we create a faith-based momentum that sets God's miraculous working power into action in our lives. Coming back to our verse in verse 4 of Psalm 23, can you now hear the faith 
in that verse where the psalmist says, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I'd like to look at some of what that means. Well, the rod speaks of God's protection. And the staff speaks of his guidance and his comforts. God is there to guide and comfort us and to protect us. But I found something disturbing as I was researching this. I came across a story about the shepherd's rod. And the story was that sometimes if a lamb just keeps wandering away from the shepherd, that he'll take that rod and he'll break its leg so that it cannot walk. And then he'll sling it around his shoulders and carry it around his neck until the leg heals, with the goal of teaching it to stay close and to cause it to create a strong bond with the shepherd over the long period of time it takes for that leg to eventually heal. Our friends, I want to say to you that although there appears to be a grain of truth in the story, some people believing this have caused a great deal of damage to their faith and to the faith of others by believing that God would do this to his children. How? Well, maybe not by breaking a, a leg, but by purposefully subjecting his children to suffering of some kind. Friends, this is a false narrative which is simply inconsistent with what Scripture says about God. I'd like to read two verses that set the record straight. Matthew 7, verse 9 to 11 says this, Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? This is Jesus speaking. If anyone knows the hearts of the Father, it's Jesus. And he's saying, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Next verse is James chapter 1 and verse 16 and 17, which says, Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above coming down from the Father of heavenly light, who does not change like shifting shadows. Why did I bring this into today's podcast? Why is it important to discuss? Well, because Satan has tried to deceive many people by saying that sometimes God teaches people a lesson by causing them to suffer. For example, by making them sick. But again, friends, this is totally inconsistent with Scripture. Surely, if this was true, then at least one time in the Gospels, there would be an example of Jesus making someone sick. But there is no such story. Instead, the exact opposite is true. Scripture recounts again and again and again in the Gospels how Jesus healed them all. You see, Jesus is a healer. 
Jesus is not just a shepherd. He is the good shepherd. There is no other shepherd as good as Jesus. In fact, Jesus loved us so much that he gave his very life for us. That's the kind of shepherd that he is. That he, is. he gave his life for us so that we could be forgiven, redeemed, and healed. Friends, God isn't against you. God is for you. The grain of truth we can take out of that disturbing story, however, is that God is close to the brokenhearted. And we can read that from Psalm 34 and verse 80. So if you have been going through a difficult time, and if we're honest, I think most everyone has over the course of the last year in one way or another, either financially or in health or in some other way. If you've been going through a difficult time, today you can take comfort in knowing that God is not just with you, He is close to you. That verse in Psalm 34 says, God is close to the broken hearted. And friends, His love for you is both extravagant and unconditional. I want to encourage you today by saying, God hears your prayers. He is for you and not against you. His faithfulness stretches to the heavens. Today, reach out to Him in faith. Invite Him to be a part of your day, a part of your life. Begin to thank Him for all that He has done and is doing in your life. And as you do this, I pray that you will experience His guidance, His protection, and His provision. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thanks for tuning in. I pray that the message of God's Word will build your faith and develop a hope that is so strong it's like an anchor for your soul. Go ahead and subscribe and why not share the message with a friend?